0: This week in the US, we have Thanksgiving coming up, so I thought it would be a good time to talk about three things for us as modern songwriters to be thankful for, Uh, and in that, of course, we're going to talk about things that if you didn't realize you had access to or if you didn't really think of that are tools that could help you or just things that maybe you haven't been taking advantage of, hopefully I'll point those out in the course of this episode was really the purpose of it. So let's talk about some of those things for us to be thankful for as songwriters that we have access to, that we can do, that maybe uh, people before us weren't able to do. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. My name is Joseph Vidala, as always, because I haven't changed my name. That's just in. Um, And this episode, we're talking about the things for us to be thankful for as modern songwriters. There are a lot of really, really cool things that really have come up in the last 20 years or less that is just worlds better for us as songwriters than things were before. We're going to talk about some of those things, make sure that uh, we're all taking advantage of those things because the advantages that the 21st century gives us in the music department are things we should take advantage of. We don't want to be doing things like we're in the 1800s still, uh, because well, that would put us behind everybody else. And and even not a comparison thing, just in general, right? If we if we have tools that make things easier, there's no reason to artificially make it harder on ourselves for no reason there's no reason to do such a thing so why do it to ourselves so let's dive right in the first thing is that we have great songwriting tools at our disposal due to technology and specifically with the internet especially we have so many things that before either didn't exist at all or would be hard to find or we'd have to get a book out and it would be long and difficult and I've mentioned most of these things before, but let's let's go through them all in one place. First is thesaurus.com. I think I've made a couple of videos even talking about how like this is a songwriter's best friend. Especially if you've grabbed my six-step lyric writing checklist. The step about iterative lyric editing or iterative lyric writing, whatever you want to call it. That step specifically revolves around thesaurus.com frankly cuz the whole idea is you take a word and you're like ah oh, that's not it's not quite precise enough that's not quite vivid enough of a word right so like the example i usually use is love love can be fine but love is also a fairly generic word in english whereas adore would be an example of something much more precise uh, the example I usually give, right, is I would adore my wife, just like I love my wife. I love Star Wars and I love The Office, but I don't adore those things. I don't adore brownies, um, you know. All of that would be weird. Adoring my wife, not so weird. So it's, it's more precise of a word, right? It's, it's it's it it clarifies more exactly what type of love we're talking about. And when it comes to that sort of thing, that's super important in songwriting, because the more generic our words, the more generic our song and our lyrics will be which is not good. We want to be vivid. We want to be precise. Um, And I even say that as a person who's frankly not a big fan of things talking about, uh, and not that there's anything wrong with this, but um, you know, cause some songs get precise about like, we sat down for coffee. You had, you know, dark roast with cream in it or something. and, And you have blonde hair and you have blue eyes and all this like super specific stuff. I actually am not a huge fan of that. Um, Partially because to me, those are details that don't matter. And second, I think you lose people who aren't invested in the very specifics, right? Because usually with songs, we want to kind of put ourselves in that song. And for example, for me, I'm a brunette guy. And I always have been uh, brunette with with some form of light eyes. Um, I say that because, you know, green, blue, that doesn't really matter. But um, so, like, you know, everybody all the way up to my wife like they all are like that's that's the theme um so so in in that circumstance right if you if you write a song about a redhead with uh brown eyes right for me you've kind of already lost me just because it's just not my type it's not something i would specifically resonate with but if you weren't specific about that you wouldn't have lost me right cuz we you know the idea of maybe you you sitting down and you're about to have a conver- hard conversation about something, relationship, I don't know, whatever it is that we can all relate to. So, so anyway, my point is that I do think it's still important to be precise and vivid in our words. Uh, Even though I personally don't like being precise in that department, like when it comes to specifically how people look and all that sort of stuff, that's not as important to me as like, are the verbs vivid? Are you still painting a clear picture, but of the things that matter rather than the things that don't? Um, And Thesaurus.com, best friend for that sort of thing. Just fantastic. RhymeZone.com, another fantastic tool. I have said a million times and I will say a million times more, you don't have to rhyme. You certainly don't have to have perfect rhymes in your song. Uh, if you don't know, perfect rhymes are just like light and night. They're perfect because that last syllable, both the vowel sounds and the consonant sounds are exactly the same. So um, because you have I as the as the like vowel sound, if you will, and then t as the consonant, both of those are exactly the same. So that's a perfect rhyme. And if you have too much of those, sometimes it becomes eye-roll worthy, right? Like you you might have rolled your eyes when I said night and light, right? Like you're bored already. And not that there's anything wrong with the rhyming that, right? You just want to keep it controlled. If every single rhyme is that, that's usually where people start to roll their eyes a little bit. And, And more importantly... Uh, being able to through a, a whole course of a song keep perfect rhymes going and still say exactly what you mean to say and you're not like editing the lyrics just to be able to rhyme uh, is is going to be difficult. Mo- most of the time you're not going to be able to do that. You're going to make compromises on the lyrics. But but if you want the best chance of not doing that, rhyme zones the tool for you because. It's going to allow you to type in a word and it will give you all the words that rhyme that are one syllable, all the words that rhyme that are two syllables, all the words that rhyme that are three syllables, and up. And they'll even give you like multiple words. And when I say multiple words, I mean like they'll even give you like phrases as a single thing that like rhymes with what you're asking for. They also like highlight the ones that are a little more perfect of a rhyme than the other ones. And so – And do I need to even explain why, like, the syllable thing is super helpful as songwriters, right? So not only can you figure out a rhyme, but if you know that, like, you know, let's say you are rhyming with night, right? And you had light and then you're like, oh, I can't can't do it, right? Um, You know that's one syllable, right? So you want to replace it probably with a one-syllable word or find maybe something that's two syllables or three syllables and then you're cutting words before because you need to be able to keep the flow of the lyrics correct still. But RhymeZone.com, fantastic for that. And then something that I really like, uh, especially in the lyric development stage, which if you haven't downloaded the the six-step lyric writing checklist, which by the way, I'll put a link in the show notes for it. It's at songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. I know, super mind-blowing URL, right? Um, but if you haven't, check that out. The lyric development stage, which I believe in the document, I technically call the brainstorm sheet. Since then, it's evolved a little bit past that. But the basic idea of that stage is really before we actually sit down to write lyrics, we need to figure out what we're trying to say. We need to get some images that really evoke the emotion of the song so that three months later, when we sort of resume working on the song, we can hopefully look at those pictures and that will sort of take us back to that similar emotion, right? Just like if you watch a movie again, it's probably going to give you the same emotion as the first time you watched the movie. You know, there there might be a little differences if there's some nostalgia in there and that. But but the 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 idea is, if it's a, a movie that makes you feel kind of devastated and sad about a certain thing, and it just makes you feel a little hopeless or whatever it is, then the next time you watch the movie, you're probably going to feel the same way, right? Because that's the the point of the movie is to make you feel a certain thing. And pictures are the the same idea, right? Except you don't have to commit to watching something for two and a half hours. You just look at the picture and boom, hopefully you're starting to get down that path. So you're doing all this sort of development background work before you actually start writing. I think of it sort of like outlining before a book, right? Before a book, somebody starts writing a book, they don't usually, most writers, don't just say, I'm going to write a book and then they start writing, right? No. First they figure out, okay, what's it about? Let's world build a little bit, figure out what this world looks like. Then let's flesh out our characters, right? Some people even do the, I think it's a little weird, but, you know, they do the, like, what would my character's favorite ice cream be? To really try to make them a real, quote-unquote, real person. So this is sort of the same idea, but for our song, right? And finding related words is a super powerful way to have a bunch of different words that you can pull from to use in your song that all have a similar vibe. So, for example, if you have a whole song that sort of centers around the idea of stars and space, you can type into relatedwords.com something like stars, right? And then they're going to give you words like space and sun and planets and asteroids and then a bunch of other things that I'm not going to think of right now and that's the point of going to relatedwords.org, right? Because um, there's lots of words you forget. Uh, just the other day, I was having a conversation with somebody. And they're trying to describe something by the ocean. I'm like, oh, are you talking about a pier? And they're like, yes, that, right? Relatedwords.org will give you all of those ocean words you want just by typing ocean in, which is super helpful because the more words you have that sort of evoke that same similar imagery, it really helps make the world, if you will, of the song feel very real. So relatedwords.org, great, great resource. Also by the same people, I believe, because there's links to these other websites. I haven't actually used these yet, but I looked into them a little bit recently and I thought, huh, this this could be interesting. They have describingwords.io, which basically gives you adjectives for nouns. So if you put eyes in there, they'll give you a list of a bunch of adjectives that would normally describe or could no- normally be used to describe eyes. I don't think that I would use those directly necessarily, um, right, because you want to say what you want to say, and they're just coming up with different adjectives that could work. But I think that could help inspire one to like, oh, okay, I don't really think about describing, you know, because if you think of describing eyes, maybe the first thing that comes to mind for you is describing the color. But maybe, you know, one of the adjectives instead describes some other trait of the eyes that you wouldn't have thought to even describe with an adjective, but now you see that word and you're like, oh, so I, I, I could go in this other direction. And reverse dictionary.org, uh, which that allows you to basically, you type in the meaning of the word that you're looking for, and then it will give you all the different words that somewhat fit that definition, which also certainly could be helpful. Other things. I've talked recently a decent bit, I feel like. May, maybe Maybe not a decent bit, but it feels like I brought up several times the uh, and this might be in videos or podcasts, I don't know which which it's come up more in, but big fan of getting some sort of drum loop or drum something set up when it comes to songwriting. Uh, frankly, it's the best way, I think, to write in a genre or style that you are not predisposed to write in. So if you just put me at a piano and tell me to write generally speaking what's going to come up is something that has like a that sounds like it's going for beautiful and and meaningful and epic sounding like that's just my natural go to if you put me in front of a piano I'm not going to write this catchy little thing that has people tapping their feet that's just that's just not what I'm predisposed to do and we're all going to have some of those predispositions of You know, maybe when you grab a guitar, the tendency is that you do this, you know, catchy little guitar riff type thing. Um, And that's sort of your tendency, right? And the idea of like slowing it down a little bit and doing some finger picking, beautiful patterns might just not be what really occurs to you. But the beauty of drum loops, especially over the atrocity that is click tracks, um, which as a side note. Do yourself a favor and, like, never record with a click track. Instead, make a drum loop. Uh, even if it's really basic. Even if, if it's, like, dum-ch, dum-ch. is still going to be more natural to play to than a click track. A click track is so... Not only does it, like, hurt your ear. It's awful. So just little side thing there. But I think the best, most helpful thing for being able to write in a different style than you're used to is drums, easily. Because the way drums work, right, it just locks you in. You're not going to hear a drum beat at one tempo and play at another, right? You're, to, it, you're not going to do that. You're going to lock in with what you're hearing. You're also not going to play something that has a completely different vibe than the drums. You're it, Just naturally, as a musician, you're going to sort of fall into the feel of the drums, Which is good because that's a great way to sort of force yourself to write in maybe different ways than you normally would. So for me, I think literally every catchy song I've ever written, which I've probably only written like five or six that I would consider catchy um, because it's not really my go-to. But every one of them except I believe one, um, which was a long time ago, but all of the other ones – were all written with me making a drum loop type thing first to force myself into thinking in catchy mode, and it can help you too, right? If you you can go further with it too. You want to write something jazzy or something with a gospel feel or something that has a bossa nova feel, or you know maybe you want to write something that has a little hip hop vibe. Best way to do it: go to make a drum loop or again, especially if you don't have recording stuff yet, go to musica.com slash drums, which is dot com slash drums, or drumbit.app, which by the way, they're like the first two things that come up. If you just Google, I think if you Google um, drum machine online, I think they're like the first two results and they're both pretty good. I like drumbit.app's feel better. Uh, But musica.com slash drums uh, gives you more options. So that is a great way to, you know, you grab your guitar, you feel like everything I'm writing feels the same. I'm not feeling it. Like I just keep going back to this like G chord and it's this meaningful strumming that's all overly emotional or something. Okay. Get a drum loop. It will lock you in. It will force you in a different direction. And you can have it totally for free just by having access to the internet. Which, by the way, I mean, you don't even need to be at your computer, right? <laughs> we have phones. Um, speaking of phones, that brings up another thing to be thankful for, which is the fact that we all have recorders in our pockets at all times with our phones. And the beauty of this is if you're a young enough songwriter, it's then maybe you... You haven't experienced this, but I certainly remember back in the day when I was first starting with songwriting, probably like 12 years old or something, maybe 13, um, sometime in middle school. And that was like cell phones existed at that point, but um, that was in the era of usually kids didn't get cell phones until ninth grade or 10th grade, which by the way, I still think is a good idea. But um, I, I did not I did not get a cell phone until uh, ninth grade when I went to high school, I believe, or maybe 10th grade. So when I first started songwriting, I, I didn't even have a phone, which really limits you a ton when it comes to how to quote unquote write music. Because if we're being honest, I think basically none of us Actually write music in the sense of like, oh, let me get out my my you know staff notation music sheets and actually write in the notes. Nobody does that. Who has time for that, right? Um, especially now. You can record the MIDI and then you can literally export that as like a document that literally has the notes. So like you can just play it and then export it and boom, you have sheet music. So these days there's no reason to do that. But back then... I might write something before bed and if it was too late and I didn't play it enough times to really get it in my head, I had to, like sometimes I forgot, right? There there are some songs that got lost, not lyric wise because that you could always write down, but music wise, there's some songs that got lost because I didn't have a cell phone, right? Today, there's no reason for that to happen to any of us. I know you have a piece of technology because you're listening to this podcast, right? Whatever that piece of technology is, that is a reason for you to never, ever, 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 ever write something. And maybe you end up abandoning it, which happens to most things we write, right? The vast majority of songs you start, you will not finish. That's a good thing to accept. And that's a good thing. That's okay. We don't want to spend all our time on songs that end up being crappy, right? You. So we want to abandon them as quickly as possible once we realize eh, it's not really going anywhere. But we should never lose anything because you can literally – I don't care if you're at your in-law's house and you have no – tech you have your cell phone in your pocket. Pull it out. You think of a little melody that you like. Go in the bathroom or some other room where you can have a little privacy and just do the little ditty in your microphone. And then you can go back three days later, listen to it, be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that now. So you never, ever have to forget anything. In fact, that reminds me of, uh, I think in a video, I I used Charlie Puth's attention as an example for uh, post-choruses. And it reminds me that I, I think at the end of that video, they actually show the, or have you hear the original recording of him using his cell phone for the first time he thought of that melody. And it's literally, like, he recorded it into his cell phone. That's it, right? But that's enough that he was able to write a hit song off of that in the next however long it took him because he got to record it and didn't have to remember it. And it, so gone are the days of, because what I u- used to have to do, and some of you will probably resonate with this if you've been songwriting for, I don't know, ten more than 10 years. um. Is I, when I wrote something that I liked or first improvised something that I liked and I thought I wanted to turn into a song, what I would do is play it obsessively on loop for 5, 10, 15 minutes until I thought I've got it so firmly in my head and in my muscle memory, if you will, that when I wake up in the morning, I will not have forgotten it. And then, then I would make sure to do that every day until I really felt like it was in my long-term memory. That's what I had to do. It's super annoying. Again, many songs lost. We don't have to deal with that. We all have recorders in our pockets. If you haven't been using it, make sure you start. Uh, then Google Drive or OneDrive, if you prefer, or I don't know, I assume Apple has some version of that. Uh, personally, I'm a big Google Drive guy, Um Cause it's super easy it's agnostic of operating system it uh and i just like it a lot also everybody has a gmail so it's easy to share stuff with people not everybody has a onedrive right if you have your one friend that you know is a mac fanboy or maybe you're a mac fanboy which is okay um try sharing your onedrive stuff with them right it's going to be they probably don't have a OneDrive. They don't want to sign up for OneDrive just to get your document. It's just annoying. Everybody has a Gmail though, so everybody has Google Drive. Um, so that's part of why I like it. Regardless, doesn't really matter what you do. The idea is another thing that happened to me is I had notebooks where I would write lyrics, and um, and and you know because again I started songwriting at the age where like I didn't I didn't have a computer to myself and I didn't have. You know, I didn't even have a laptop in the house at all. Um, so with lyric writing, there's at least one book that has started fill out with lyrics that got lost. And that's another pain point that you never need to experience. And look, if you like, if, and if you feel that you're more creative when you pen the lyrics by hand, that's fine. But after you're done with penning the lyrics by hand that day, quickly type it into a document in Google Drive or OneDrive, right? What's that going to take you? Three minutes? So just do that. Um, or, Or better yet, you can just sort of have tradition where, I don't know, maybe it's like every Friday night, something you do is take what you've written that week and put it on Google Drive. It doesn't have to be every day. The idea is there's no reason for us to lose anything. Don't lose anything, right? So between the music side with the recorders, um, or when I say recorders, I mean, for most of us, just the cell phone we have on us all the time. Um, and then something like Google drive for anything lyrics wise, or, you, you know, you find a picture or, I, I mean, heck you, you can even, you can even, uh, cause I talk about pictures that inspire you. If you're at an art museum and they actually let you take pictures, um, so don't do it if they don't let you take take your cell phone out. Snap a little picture of it so you don't forget. And you can literally upload it to Google Drive right there so that you can use that image for the song that inspired, That you're like, oh, that's going to inspire a song. Boom. Done. You don't even have to, like, go home and re-Google, like, ah, oh, okay, it was at this art museum. I wonder if it's on Google. Nope. Nope. Snap a picture. Done. So, first thing to be thankful for, uh, which is the longest one we are going to cover, is... Great songwriting tools at our disposal due to technology. What's the next thing? And yes, it's also technology-based. But not only can we write our songs from home, as always, right? Just now it's a lot easier, as we just covered, to not lose things, to write things better. Uh, You know, you don't have to have a physical thesaurus, which probably a lot of people didn't have anyway, etc. But we can record it in great quality at home without spending hardly any money. There are tons of videos out there. Again, I recommend recording revolution because Graham's a great guy and does a great job. Uh, and I've followed him since well before I created this podcast or had any idea of creating this podcast and, you know, general brand, I guess we'd call it songwriter theory before creating songwriter theory. Um, which by the way, uh, I get emails a bunch of times from people that the way they say things, I think they're not aware of the fact that there's a YouTube channel. Um, Or perhaps they think that I just say like, it's just the same thing. Like the YouTube channel is just another place to put the podcast, which is not at all true. So I just want to cover real fast. If you don't know, yes, there's a songwriter theory YouTube channel that has like edited videos that oftentimes covers completely different things than we cover. I mean, it's still songwriting, right? But what I'm saying is if you go on there, most of the time you're not going to just find, uh, like, uh, here's a recording of the podcast of three things for modern songwriters to be thankful for in video form. Like, it's it's not that. It's other videos. Um, There's overlap, of course, but just so you know, if you didn't know, yes, there's a YouTube channel as well, which also is my fault because – I dropped the ball for a bit on sending you all out emails to let you know, hey, here's this new thing I have, and here's um, which. So that's my bad. That's my bad. Um, so anyway, so you can record at home in high quality without spending hardly any money. You can easily get all the stuff you need for recording and mixing, for that matter, for under five hundred bucks easily. In fact. There's a video that Recording Revolution has, which is Graham Cochran, who I just mentioned, for under $150. And he even shows you, like, a recording he did with that stuff at the end of the video. And it sounds great. Um, so, for $150. Bucks, like, you can, in fact, he also has a video of him recording literally everything from the mic built in to his iPhone. And even that sounds pretty good actually who am i kidding it sounds pretty great like, uh, i i would not do that i would not recommend you do that but his his entire point was look you can get great stuff from anything these days basically like lots of stuff around us is great um but anyway just really quickly the things that you're looking for if you're wanting to record at home it's real simple you need an audio interface which You know, another word for that is like external sound card, they sometimes call it. But audio interface basically just allows you to plug in XLR cables, which are basically microphone cables, and quarter-inch jacks, which are basically, you know, guitar cables. Um, And then often have MIDI as well, which MIDI is sort of what like a keyboard or a synth would plug into. It just sends information, not actual sound. Um, So it usually has those three things or two of those three things um, really, what you need usually is XLR and quarter inch. Uh, if you're not a guitarist at all, then maybe you don't need quarter inch. Uh, but it's great for recording bass and electric guitar. Uh, XLR is great for you know mics, which mics is what you want to do for things like vocals, obviously, but also acoustic guitar. Uh, don't use quarter inch for that. Uh, MIDI is great for keyboard, piano uh well not actual physical real pianos obviously xlr because you'd want to mic it but uh keyboards synths stuff like that uh electric drum kits would also be midi Uh, but midi you can also directly connect via usb and not lose anything to your computer so it's really not that big of a deal for your audio interface to have that so what you're looking for in your audio interface is at least one xlr and at least one quarter inch and there are tons out there that are great. Just I don't necessarily want to make an official recommendation here because the one I, I generally recommend, I technically haven't tried myself. I just know. Um, well, actually, I have tried it myself, but I don't own it, own it myself. Um, but I think it's called the Scarlet something. It's bright red. It's hard to miss. It's the only one that looks like that. Nothing but great reviews since ever. Everybody loves it. Uh, I think I've experienced it once. And they all basically sound the same, honestly. So if you get like a $40 one, it will probably be fine. So audio interface is what you need. Then you need a microphone. uh, And of course, with that, you need a mic stand of some kind, an XLR cable to plug it into the audio interface. And then a pop filter. Pop filter is absolutely necessary. It's only like $10. Get the pop filter. Um, uh, Because otherwise, P's sound like, well, I'll give you an idea. This is P with a pop filter that's without a pop filter so first of all you're welcome for wearing pop filters also i'm sorry that i don't feel like i warned you ahead of time that was going to happen um but that's as you can imagine when you are in the middle of recording and every time a p comes up or something you have to like think about like oh turn away from like it's soup get get a pop filter (laughs) it's it's absolutely necessary uh and then headphones and honestly you're good That's really all you need. And, you know, if you just pick a room that has maybe a bedroom or something that has a bookshelf in it, something that breaks up the sound, right? Uh, Reason for bedroom usually is the mattress. Mattress soaks up a lot of sound. Bookshelf makes it so that the sound waves aren't just like bouncing back off because, you know, all the books are slightly different sizes and it makes the wall uneven. Well, it doesn't make the wall uneven, right? But it makes the – that surface of the room, if you will – seem uneven to the microphone uh that's a really weird way of wording it but um anyway the idea is you can get great quality recordings you don't need to like treat a room or anything like that and even if you do want to go a step further literally what i do i have a vocal booth that i made that's just pvc pipes and then cheap amazon packing blankets So the frame is made by the PVC pipes, and then you just hang those packing blankets and layers sort of all around it so that there's those blankets to just make it so that the sound waves are absorbed and not bouncing off of walls, coming back and hitting your mic, which is what generally creates um, problems. Uh, And that's really what recording studios are built to, like, not eliminate, but uh, make sure they minimize There's more to it, but that's the simple version. So third and last thing to be thankful for. We've talked about songwriting, right? We've talked about being able to record our songs. And then last thing, releasing our songs. I mean, legitimately 25 years ago, 30 years ago, if you wanted to release a song besides the fact that good luck recording it without going into a studio that costs you tons of time ignoring that element completely um good luck releasing it how are you going to release it how do people find music the radio how do you get on radio by having a record company sign you right which is not simple right like I said, there's a whole thing there there are only certain artists that were heard right you didn't – the the amount of artists now that have access to the world to find their own fan base now is literally all of us. We all can do that and you know maybe we should do a better job at that and all that, yes. Um, a lot of us are not great at that or just haven't put the effort that we should have yet, which is a totally different subject. But besides that, we all have access to that, right? You do not need anyone's permission to post your music on YouTube. You don't need anyone's permission – well, YouTube's I guess, but <laughs> – Again, we all have a Google account, so you probably have a YouTube account, and you know you don't have to pay anything; like, it's free, right? You can, for free, just put it up on YouTube. SoundCloud limited, uh, you can put it for free. I, I still don't understand the SoundCloud thing. I I have stuff on SoundCloud and have had used to have more stuff on SoundCloud, um, but I, I I don't understand like it has limits. I think the quality is less. Like, why not just post it on YouTube? Like, you can put as much stuff as you want and the quality's higher. So, anyway, if you're not putting your music on YouTube, put your music on YouTube. Like, I'd argue if there's one place to put it, YouTube is the place. Also because YouTube is the second biggest search engine on the planet next only to Google. So, you don't need anyone's permission to release your music. You don't need anyone's permission to make a website, right? Or to, uh, you know... Have a website that sells t-shirts for you, right? I mean, Shopify, right? Anybody can make a Shopify account where you have a little website and you sell, you know, whatever, mugs, maybe t-shirts, hoodies, whatever you want of your newest album or maybe your face or I, I, I don't know, whatever it is. You don't need anyone's permission for any of this stuff. So first of all, don't wait for people's permission, And second of all, if you're feeling discouraged at all, know that, A, this is the best time to be alive as a songwriter. It really is. Like, you have everything at your disposal. You don't need anyone's permission. You don't need anyone's money. You can, for cheap, go do great stuff. Without needing people's permission, you have access to everything at the drop of a hat. You have ready access to these things too, right? I mean, this may sound small and petty, but like legitimately you don't have to go upstairs and look for the thesaurus and realize somebody misplaced it and spend an hour looking for it, right? And that sounds small and petty, but you add those things up and it's significant. It's significant that you have a recorder in your pocket at all times. It is significant that you can on that quote unquote recorder being your cell phone you can save a document on google drive or OneDrive or whatever else you want to use and you can go home and it's there and you don't even have to transport it from uh, transport it wow i'm a computer software developer and i just said transport it for for moving files but anyway you know you you don't need to do anything it literally is just in the cloud it's in the google drive when you save it on your phone so it's also there on your home computer because again it's not really there it's technically in the cloud which by the way like just as a side thing that has nothing to do with anything if you're somebody who's like i don't know what the cloud is literally it's just a fancy term for there is a server out there that is hosting your file your file the file that you're looking at technically is not saved on your computer right if you go to google drive And you look at a document, that document, even though you are accessing it from your computer, it's getting saved automatically. And when it's saved, right, it's saved on, quote unquote, the cloud, which really is just some server somewhere that Microsoft or sorry, Google Drive. So Google owns. And then when you access it from your cell phone, it's the same thing. You're just you're just going to the same place effectively right it's it's stored on the same server so um that's also why you can't access it if you don't have internet so if you didn't know what the cloud is that's all it is it's just like a fancy term for that um why is it called the cloud i don't know because the developer community apparently decided to make a, a word that makes us sound smarter so i don't know so as a bonus thing too, access to learning Right. Before, maybe you had to go to the library, find books, buy a book from a bookstore. Like, oh, are you kidding me? Who buys who goes to bookstores anymore? Which, by the way, is kind of sad because bookstores are pretty dope. But, um, you know, now now worst case scenario is you want a book to learn something and you have to wait two days because you bought it on Amazon. But you still did not have to physically go anywhere. But also, on your phone or anywhere, right now you're listening to a podcast learning about songwriting, right? And you have access to a a treasure trove of YouTube videos about songwriting, right? You have access to all this information. You have access to learn about music theory, to learn about even things that have nothing to do with songwriting. Whatever it is, you have total access to learning basically anything, at this point, and certainly anything to do with songwriting, whether that be learning about recording, learning about mixing, learning about, you know, singing better, right? There's tons of vocal coaches on YouTube. And there's probably podcasts on that too. I don't know, but I assume there are. So all of the different elements, right? You want to get better at piano, or maybe you're only a guitarist, you want to add piano to your repertoire with your songwriting, Boom, there's like Piano or whatever, which they're pretty good. I've seen a couple of their stuff. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. She's she's a really good teacher. Um, and the other people are too, from what I remember. But the main lady specifically, definitely a really good teacher. Um, so we have access to all this stuff, right? And since Thanksgiving is coming up, we should be thankful about it, right? I mean, really, we should be thankful about it all the time. Thanksgiving is just to remind us to be thankful for stuff, not the, the one time of year to be thankful. But also, if there's anything here that you haven't integrated, I haven't used, resources that you haven't tapped into, start tapping into those, right? Take advantage of the era we live in and all the amazing technological things and advantages that we have. Take advantage of those things. It makes everything so much less painful and more enjoyable, and it can help us all be more effective songwriters. So, with that being said, uh, I've mentioned my lyric checklist a couple times. So, if you are interested in that, it breaks down the six steps um, to writing lyrics, so that you're not just staring at a blank page and trying to write lyrics off the top of your head, which is a nightmare scenario that allows the whole scenario of you know staring at a blank page and writing uh, nightmare stuff. You want to avoid that. And you want to make sure that at the end of the day your lyrics pass what I call the frame test, which the basic idea is just, you know, are the lyrics good enough that if you printed them out and put them in a frame, a picture frame and put them on the wall like it was just a poem, would the lyrics still be like good enough that when guests come into your house they're like, "Oh, wow, okay, that that's good. What what is that?" That's the effect you want your lyrics to have because then they are good without the crutch that music can be because the reality i mean pop music is the best i know i make fun of pop music all the time but there's a reason for it right there are tons of pop songs that you might jam out to and you really love but if i ever printed out the lyrics for you or if you just took the time to look at the lyrics the amount of people i've 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 heard say, oh, something's a great song. And then I like poke fun at the lyrics and then they look it up and then they end up laughing. Right. They're like, oh, yeah, these are terrible. But it's a song they loved. Right. And still will love because they don't care, which is fine. Um, The point is that on average. Especially pop lyrics like they're just not that good. And the fact that there's a catchy beat and the melody's good and the singer is really talented, covers up the fact that really, if you just take the lyrics for the lyrics sake, they're not very good. We don't want to do that, right? We want to make sure that we're good on all levels, that our music is good, our melody is good. when I say music is arrangement might be the better way of putting it. Our arrangement slash, you know, our chords, our harmony, our melodies is killer. We also want our lyrics to be killer. Or hopefully you want that. If you do want that, which is something that I definitely want, which is part of why taking finishing writing songs takes me a while, because uh, the the lyric process can can take a while, not going to lie to you, uh, but it's worth it because at the end, you can feel really, really proud of where it ended up um, uh, if, if, you, if you take the time, go through this process. Um, so if you want that, check out songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. Link in the description as always. Uh, also, if you're interested in learning music theory that songwriters need to know, I think there are four pillars that are absolutely essential. You can check that out as well as at songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide. I'll put a link to both of those in the description for this episode um, because we just talked about learning things and resources online, so there's that too. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. I'm also thankful for all of you. I'm thankful for all of you who have taken the time to leave kind reviews on Apple Podcasts and and anywhere else that you may have left reviews. I appreciate all of that. Uh, If you haven't, of course – Uh, And you're thankful for this podcast. Uh, And now that Thanksgiving is upon us, uh, if this is the time that you would, you would uh, want to finally give the kind review that you've always been thinking about giving uh, and Thanksgiving is what prompts you to do so. Great. (laughs) Um, So if you haven't, be sure to leave a kind review on Apple podcasts, if you do enjoy this podcast or if you're thankful for this podcast. Um, But Anyway, yeah, so I, I am really thankful for all of you. Some of you have taken time to email me back and forth uh, with, with you know, ideas of things to talk about, with, like somebody emailed me a long time ago about modes, for example, which somewhat inspired talking about modes a couple of weeks back, which I was late on the uptake on that one just because I wanted to f- feel like I could do it right, um, which I, I, I think is happening, so that's good, but um, admittedly a little slow on that one, but... You know, some of you have given me great ideas of things to talk about. What 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 it is you, that you want to learn, that you need to learn. Uh, some of you have just said really nice things in emails and really weren't asking anything, which is also great. Um, you know, you've taken the time for uh, podcast reviews, comments on YouTube, all that, and also I'm I'm just thankful that to me, if if you've been a listener here for a while, what that indicates to me is you probably are a person that sort of agrees with my um, premise, I guess, which is, hey, there's a lot of pretty meh music out there. Of course, there's a ton of great music. Um, But to me, like the entire state of pop music is like this really tragic travesty. Not that all of it's bad. Certainly there's some that's good. But, um, you know, the fact that WAP is on the radio just like makes me want to strangle somebody. Um, but like, like, how does that, how is that not a joke? And, and so, so anyway, if if you've been listening to this podcast to me, that indicates that you agree with me on at least some of the main things. So you probably, you probably agree with me that like, yeah, music theory is an academic knowledge that there is usefulness to that. Um, cause otherwise you probably would have gotten sick of hearing me talk about it and you would have gone and listened to somebody else who tells you what you want to hear, which is that, oh, music theory is not necessary. All you have to do is throw these chords together. It will be fine. Um, probably. And, uh, you probably also agree with me that lyrics matter, right? If, because if you think lyrics don't matter, who cares? I'm going to just throw in random crap lyrics. Then again, you probably would have gotten sick of hearing me, Say, don't no, lyrics matter? We should care about, you know, the frame test and six-step lyric writing checklist. Um, so the fact that there are other people out there that um, that feel the same way I do about, like, hey, this is a craft to take seriously. I want to do something good with it. I care about uh, not phoning in the lyrics, right? I, I care about, um, you know, learn, taking the time to learn a little music theory so that I can be better at songwriting and write more interesting music, and and just so I can be more efficient at it, right? Like these these seem like little things, um, but a lot of people aren't willing to do that, and so I'm thankful for that as well because that gives me hope that, you know, next time I go perusing on Spotify for new artists, I might find you and be like, wow, okay, awesome, right? Like, th- this is this is this is something I can listen to. This is you know has lyrics that don't make me want to cry many tears i mean who am i joking i don't cry very often but you you know what i'm saying uh so i'm thankful for that as well in fact that might be what i'm most thankful for um just that that people um are with me on that bandwagon if you will bandwagon is probably the wrong term bandwagon implies that it ends at some point but you know what i mean i'm running out of words i've been talking for too long but I did want to communicate that I'm also really thankful for all of you. And I really am. So I hope you know that. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S. Uh, or or if you're not in the U.S. and you celebrate Thanksgiving. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know where exactly. I know it's mostly a U.S. thing. But regardless, have a great week. Eat a lot of turkey or ham if your family uh, does that instead. Personally, I... Uh, I think both is the right way to go. I like ham. I'm not pro this whole like get rid of the turkey thing. I think that's a travesty. If you think turkey's disgusting, then you just haven't had good turkey, uh, which I know is what everybody says about any, any anything bad, right? Like the, you can you, cannot, you can say that about anything. I get that, um, but I love turkey, so stop trying to take turkey away from me, okay? Stop Stop telling people that the world should just convert to ham. No, they should not. Also, Christmas ham is a thing. It already has a holiday a month later that everybody does ham for. So let Turkey Day stay Turkey Day, okay? Uh, and again, I'm, I'm okay with both. There's my uh, strong opinion for the end. Also, all of you stuffing haters, you can get out. Just kidding. Please keep listening to the podcast. But I love stuffing Um So anyway, enjoy some turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes, if that's your sort of thing. Stuffing, cranberry sauce. Enjoy all that. Have a good week. And I will talk to you in the next one.